it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Get away from him. Wait, you don't... Step back right now. Said it's okay. I, I said get away! No, all right, I let him out. It was some kind of lockdown or something. He, he was helping me. Couldn't you find my balloon? Yeah, we found it. We did find your balloon, Henry Gale. Exactly how you described it. We also found the grave you described. Your wife's grave. The grave you said you dug with your own bare hands. It was all there. Your whole story, your alibi. It was true. But still, I did not believe it to be true. So I dug up that grave. And found that there was not a woman inside, there was a man. A man named Henry Gale. Welcome, everyone, into another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, uh, from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Podcastica Network, I'm Kristen Howell. Uh, we are further into the second season this week with season two, episode 17, Lockdown. One of my favorite episodes of season this two. It's a good episode. So, yeah, it's, it's one of my... I, I know this is a favorite of some of the listeners, too. I know uh, some of the people... That's... Yeah, we... It's funny, we, we were talking about doing a live recording with you and I, but it, it never happened. No. Uh, we were just having too much fun just hanging out and doing other stuff. And we played Beat Saber. <laughs> playing Beat Saber and eating cheesesteaks. And it was uh, it was a fun week. Uh, mm-hmm. And we apologize for missing another week last week. But between you know a gathering of everybody together, you covering the Game of Thrones finale, and me covering four season finales for the DC shows... Uh, it just, we, we needed a break. <laughs> so. Yes, we did. But I feel refreshed and ready for Lost. I am too. I, I'm always refreshed. And uh, you know what? I could have the most stressful week, but knowing I'm podcasting with you is always like an easy, it's like an easy thing. Yeah, I agree. It's very, it's very fun and relaxing. And um, I never have to like. I don't know. I don't have to get too overboard with with Lost, which is nice. I mean, with Game of Thrones, there's a thousand years of history to sift through and a lot of uh, rage to push down for for recording. So, yeah, uh, this is easy. This is easy and this is fun and I love it. Agreed. Agreed completely. Uh, Before we jump into things, uh, I wanted to bring up something I heard over the weekend uh, I was listening to a, another podcast of one of the morning shows that I listen to here in the Philadelphia area. And after Game of Thrones had ended, they ended up running down the list of the top, I think, top 10 best finales of all time and the top five worst. <laughs> um, Big Bang didn't make the list because it was too new. The list had already come out before Big Bang. But the Big Bang Theory 
finale was just uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, I agreed with most of the list. I know, like, MASH was on the list of best, The Sopranos. The uh, Office? Six Feet Under. The Office actually wasn't on either list. That's bullshit. I, I the agree. The Office is the best finale I've ever seen of any show. Uh, but yeah, like Six Feet Under, The Sopranos. Uh, but I, I want to focus more on the worst. Oh, uh, tell me Dexter won number one. Oh, Dexter Dexter was actually, no, Dexter was not number one. Dexter what? Dexter was number four on that list. Oh. Um, Wait, you're saying there's three other finales that are regarded as the worst. Yes. Uh, and one of them I agree with. Actually, two of them I agree with. And one I don't. Take a guess which one Wait. I don't. Lost. Lost. Yeah, I don't think Lost belongs in the top five at all, because, again, I'm one of the people and I know you agree with me on this, that if you mm-hmm. hated the finale of Lost, you didn't understand it. And this morning show, I love these guys because I used to work for them. So I'm very partial to what they say and I'm very, you know, allegiant to them. But they were like they started saying like, oh, the writers promised it wasn't purgatory. And in the end, it ended up still being purgatory. I'm like, no, it fucking wasn't like. Right. Stop it. Like it's. You know, and they even said like, "Oh, we're gonna get text messages of people defending the fact that they, that it wasn't, and they should just get over it and agree that it was." No, that's not the case at all. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Well, I know, but after experiencing what um, the disappointment of the Game of Thrones finale that I personally had, I can understand why people need to maybe back off people that you know have different opinions about finales and i know lost was very controversial i don't understand it at all but um but i can see that other people were really upset about it um and that's fine i don't agree with it but that's fine uh because i am pretty pissed off still about the game of thrones finale oh i know you and are <laughs> i'm probably going to stay that way for a while uh so you know at, at this point it's just kind of like to each his own but I, I, I agree. Like if you put in the work with Lost and you really, really kinda dissect it and you kinda and you go over it and, and you see it as a whole, I don't know. I can see why people were pissed off when they watch it week by week, but once I binged it from beginning to end, um, when I was on partial bed rest for one of my pregnancies, I understood how they landed the plane, so to speak. I, I understood how they got there, which I thought was really great. Um, with Game of Thrones, they went off the rails on purpose. They, To me, they went for shock value, and they just took every single uh, you know, shred of, of books and knowledge and history and, and everything that we had been following for so many years, and they just torched it. So to me, those are two totally different endings if that makes any sense it makes it makes total sense um but yeah i mean again to each their own and it's like you said it's everybody's going to have their own opinion about finales if you didn't like the lost finale but you're still listening to us and hope you know you're keeping an open mind when we get to that point which we're still a long way off Uh, i know you and i appreciate that and you know that's one of the reasons why i'm glad i'm doing this podcast with you is because you kind of have the same mindset as to not necessarily each and every episode because there's been episodes we've we disagree with on certain things and I mm-hmm. love that that's what makes an interesting uh, an interesting podcast if we agreed mm-hmm. on absolutely everything this podcast would be boring super boring uh, but when it comes to the finale like you and I have the same mindset as to what it was and what it was about so yeah it'll be fun when we get there and we can talk about why we feel the way that we feel can I ask you um what 
the number one? Oh, I was going to give you the other two anyway. Because oh, I'm sure okay, other cool. people were probably like, well, what were the other well, two? Go go from five to one. Um. Oh, yeah, I don't remember number five. Okay, I but don't, I Dexter don't remember. was four. Dexter was number four. Lost was Ridiculous. number three. Okay. Seinfeld was number two, which oh, yeah. I agree with. People were pissed. I, I hated Seinfeld. I never watched Seinfeld, but I watched the finale because it was supposed to be this big event. And I just remember watching it and be like, wow, I'm so glad I didn't waste nine years with this show. Right. Because this was horrible. But even people who loved Seinfeld said that was a horrible finale. <laughs> uh, it was a show about nothing that they finally gave some substance to one episode and it ruined like the entire series. That's so funny. What uh, was number one? Number one, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, it was pretty. It, it wasn't worse than Dexter. I'll tell you that. It was not worse than Dexter. But yeah, it's up there. I, I forgot about that. You know, it's just because the last episode could have been an entire season. Yeah, you and I talked about this this past week. <laughs> we actually. did. We did. We had a big discussion about it. Yep. Yeah, and, and and you know what? I'm I'm in agreement. But you know, the How I Met Your Mother finale was so bad. I know we're off topic. But we're going to get to the episode in just a minute. I promise. Uh, you know, was so bad that somebody made a fan edit of a new ending that was mm-hmm. so much better to the point where even the writers were like, you know what? We're putting that on the DVD, and they did. Ooh. Have you never seen the fan edit? I've never seen it. You're going to have to send it to oh, me. Oh, I'm going to have to send you a link of the fan edit. The fan edit like, is so much better. I like the fan edit of somebody that um, redid the end of Game of Thrones. I posted it on my personal page. I don't know if you saw it. It was a 16-minute video. Oh, no, I didn't see that one. It was amazing. It was amazing. I. It was everything that you would want from the finale that you didn't know that you wanted. I mean, I knew I wanted something else and I knew I wanted it to be a lot better, but this guy really thought it out. So go, go to my personal page and see, well, not the listeners. Sorry guys. (laughs) My personal page is on lockdown, but maybe, maybe if, uh, if you want it, send us a message and and we can send it to you because it's really, really good. Or or we can share it on the, on the, the lost page. Yeah. Okay. We We can do that too. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, you're right. When it comes to like that, those four that we've mentioned, you know, Dexter, Lost, High Metro Mother, and Seinfeld. Uh, I just love the fact that it was still, uh, you know, when it came to the Game of Thrones finale and people were saying like, oh, that was an awful finale. Like the Dexter finale is the, wait a minute, hold my beer finale. Yeah. Because that was just, God, I just remember being garbage. so disappointed in that finale. Garbage, garbage, garbage. <sighs> It, totally agree. It was so bad. But it makes rewatches terrible. It does. It's one of the reasons why I haven't gone back to rewatch Dexter. I only watch through the Barrel Girls and then I'm done. Which season was the Barrel Girls? Four. It's five. Four. I was I was gonna say because the one four... after Trinity. Okay, so that's five. Yeah, because Trinity. I you and I have talked about this and we disagree on the better season. I still think okay. it's Trinity. But it's all still fantastic. Exactly. But you're right. After season five, there's no point in watching. Yeah, anymore. well, that was just a great... And you know what? They ended it really well, too, in season five. Like, you can even say the end of, of season five is a perfect ending to the show. Makes sense. Makes total sense. So, yeah. But I digress. We should start talking about the episode, because that's, so. that's what people are, are here to talk about. I think that that was a good discussion. I think it was appropriate, too, with all, like, the season finales of everything happening and, you know, lists like that coming out. I, I like throwing stuff like that in every once in a while. I would love to just, like, maybe watch all of those finales, um, all the bad finales or something, and just talk about it on an episode. We could do that. I mean, there, you know, there's definitely stuff we can do in between seasons. 
Yeah, that so, would be fun. Just yeah. something fun, different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, just a quick note before we jump into things, too. This is a spoiler-full podcast. Uh, you will hear us talking about things that have already happened as well as things that are going to happen in the future of the series. So if this is your first watch-through, we do apologize for that. But uh, it's necessary sometimes in the topic of conversation. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to kick it off to you. What's... I like the fact that we've gotten rid of, like, the top five and we just kind of go into discussion about the episode. I yeah. feel I feel like that kind of flows a little better. So uh, what do you want to start with? I'll, I'll kick it over to you. What do you want to start the topic with? Yeah, I actually – I'm really excited to talk about this. Okay. But um, I really enjoyed Jack this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I actually put a little smiley face by his name. I thought he. it was nice to see him with other people. It was nice to see him take a break from abusing Locke. Um, it was nice to see him working uh, against Sawyer to get the medicine for the group. Um, you know, it was nice to see him as a doctor. I just thought that it was a change of pace for Jack, and I recognize it, and I thought it was really nice to see him not as an uh antagonist but as a true leader of the group and using his own skills of being a doctor uh and you know having a little bit of discernment um and, and with problem solving so at, at as a difference so between that and then at the end when he threw henry gale up against the wall i was like hey all right buddy you're doing something right good for you <laughs> our buddy des is going to be very happy with this episode that's okay. Already. I, you, well, then I need to change my tune. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you were like, well, that's okay. As if it's usually our objective to make to make Dez upset. Sometimes it's fun to imagine him banging his head against a steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> As he's listening to the podcast. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I, I kind of, I really liked this side of Jack in this episode. Um, uh, not so much that I put a smiley face next to him, but... You know, that's not to say that I didn't enjoy this side of Jack. I mean, the, one of my, my favorite part of, well, it's not my favorite part of the episode, but my favorite part of the Jack element of this episode was him playing cards with Sawyer. Uh, yeah, man, he had a, he had a lock on, on Sawyer. That well, was great. Well, Jack conned the con man. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it, hustled him. He no, he conned him. I mean, you. One of the the key elements of a con man is to to make some to give somebody a plan and make them believe that it's their own. And that's exactly what Jack did when it came to Sawyer. He wanted the medicine. You know, we get that whole scene in the beginning of the episode with everybody with, you know, with Claire coming up to Jack and then uh, Libby coming up to Jack and saying, it, you know, it could use a little Neosporin and Libby making the point that Jack that Sawyer's the one with the Neosporin. Jack knew at that moment he needed the medicine. So he totally played Sawyer to make Sawyer get, play to the point where he knew he could get the medicine from Sawyer. Right, right. He conned Sawyer. I just Sawyer. thought it was great. But it was like a pool hustle, you know? It was just, to me, it was like, no, no, it's okay. Like, you know, I, I, I don't need to play. And <laughs> Sawyer's like, no, come on, man, play. So, yeah, I mean, I think that you're right. It, it was more of a con than a hustle. Um, but I, I just loved it. I, I agree. I thought that that was really great. And, um, yeah, cause a hu I mean, a hustle to me, I didn't mean to interrupt it, but, um, that's okay. like a, a hustle to me would be more of if Jack 
played Sawyer, lost a couple hands to make Sawyer think that he's not good at poker, and then come back and, and win it all. He never made bones about the fact that he knew how to play poker. Mm-hmm. Like, so uh, that's why, to me, it was more of a con than a hustle. But maybe you're right. Maybe it's, it's maybe a little bit of elements of both to it. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I agree with you that I thought it was wonderful, and I loved it, and it was just nice to see that side of Jack, for sure. Yeah. Um, and he was even nice to Kate. He offered to walk her back to the camp. That was nice. Usually he tells her to beat it. That's true. I didn't even think about that. I took that as more of like he's trying. And I guess it's an element of that as well, that he was trying to make peace with Kate. Like, say, like, you know, like, or maybe he went into a little action. I don't know. Um, but it's, yeah, you're right. He he definitely made peace with Kate by doing that. It was nice seeing him. Maybe he felt that he's been too rough on her lately. Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, I think we can all agree that he has been too rough on her lately. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people, you know, when when you think that your small dramas are big dramas because you don't have a lot going on, you know, Jack has a lot going on right now. He has people on a wild goose hunt for a parachute that might not be there or a, or a balloon that might not be there. He's got a guy in the hatch that he's trying to, you know, keep from everyone else. He's at odds with Locke. Um he's still getting you know doctor requests and making house calls so he's busy and he doesn't have time to think about matters of the heart which i think that that's old jack right um pre-island jack when he was so busy playing hero and running a hospital that he forgot about his own personal life and i think that there's maybe an element to that you know he's he's developed a rhythm and a work ethic on the island and his personal life has kind of fallen to the side and as a result i think he's he's allowing himself to have a friendship with kate again which is nice yeah no i i would agree with that too and i I, you're right it was definitely nice a nice change of pace actually seeing that uh you know when it came to when it comes to jack Mm -hmm. uh one of the other elements that i really love that always makes me chuckle is sawyer's nicknames and we got even new ones this week, especially during the uh, the poker game, I know he ca- he calls Hurley Mongo at one point, which is a reference to Blazing Saddles. Uh, and then we get <laughs> we get uh, we, we get two gambling references when it comes to Jack. He calls him Amarillo Slim at one point. Um, and Cool Hand. Cool Hand. That was the other one. I couldn't think mm-hmm. of it. Uh, but yeah, and there's another one he calls. There's another one I think he calls Hurley too, and I can't remember what it is. Maybe there's not. Maybe it's just the two. Or maybe it's just the Mongo and then Cool Hand and, uh, and Amarillo Slim. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, that was just a, it was just a three, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, too. For some reason, I, I thought there was another one. I don't pay attention to his nicknames anymore. <laughs> I still do, because they still make me chuckle, depending on, depending on what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it when he fat shames Hurley. And Mongo is definitely a fat shaming... Mm-hmm. one for Hurley and you do feel bad for Hurley but Hurley has his moments man when he he gets those little comebacks and I know we're gonna get another one from him soon I just don't remember what it is because mm-hmm. there's plenty more Hurley to go when I it love comes Hurley to uh anything you know while we're on the topic of you know Jack and Sawyer and and all of that mm-hmm. and, and the card element um 
anything else that we can talk about when it comes to that, that's pretty straightforward. The only other note I have when it comes to that is this is the first mention we're getting of Jack's tattoos. Because we're gonna, they're going to come into play a little bit later. But I think it's still a little ways off before we finally get that, that Jack backstory when we get them. Jack backstory. Oh, I see what I did there. It was <laughs> unintentional. But I did it. Huh. <laughs> I did it. Um, no, I, I'm good on that. Um, that was all I What What was your next point? Well, I, I want to do kind of shift gears and start going more into the the Jack and Henry Gale of it all. Lock, Lock and Henry Gale? Lock and Henry Gale of it all, yeah. Uh, the but, A story, as it were. But I don't think we can do that without first talking about how this story, begin, how this episode begins, and that is with Saeed, Anna, and Charlie actually finding the balloon and the grave underneath of it. You know, this is the one thing that Henry's been telling them, you know, this is co collaborating his story, collaborating his story. Right. And, you know, the brilliance of this episode is that, and we put the poll out there before, and I'm going to put another poll out there at, at some point, too, to kind of uh, back this. We put, the poll, we put the poll out there on the Facebook page as to, at this point, you know, a couple weeks ago, did you believe that Henry was telling the truth or did you think he was he was lying? And I think for the most part, I, th I think it was pretty even, but more people didn't trust Henry than did at you know at that point in time. The writing of this episode, when you this episode starts with them finding the grave, finding the balloon, and all of Henry's actions when the whole hatch goes into lockdown, brilliant. It's brilliant. You're right mm -hmm. because it made me believe Henry's telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Like this guy's legit. Like he's. He's legitimately helping Locke. He's concerned for Locke. They found the balloon. So by the end of this episode, when we get that twist, man, that this was like that. This is one of the reasons why I love this episode so much is because it totally flips the script by the end. Well, when they all came rushing in and everybody's got their guns drawn and everybody looks distrustful, like you're immediately like, whoa, 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 like. Yeah, we what just the hell saw happened? you discover the truth. What what on earth is happening right now? So that was a fun, that was a really fun reveal. I agree. Yeah, that, that's again, that's one of the reasons why I love this episode so much is because of that. And the writing in the way it was played is absolutely brilliant, uh, which you, you took the word right out of my mouth when you said brilliant. But I, I noticed, <laughs> I feel like it, I feel like a fool because I realized something. We've, as we've been going through the, with this podcast, we've been comparing episode titles to the stories of the episodes. And I didn't realize until my second viewing of this episode this week, which is probably my seventh or eighth viewing of this episode total, that there is a double meaning to this episode yeah. title. Lockdown. Yeah, right. Lockdown is obviously because the hatch goes into lockdown. Uh, never clicked until my second episode, second viewing this week, uh, that it also refers to legitimately Locke being down. He's trapped right. under a door. Never the even clicked. The fact that his legs are not crushed is a miracle. Well, things happen on this island. I know. <laughs> those, those big old spikes or whatever. They're not spikes, but you know what I'm talking like about. Pylons. Like pylons. Yeah. Yeah poles or whatever i mean missed his bone that 
it's crazy. Well, how do you, like, I don't even, how did you miss bone? Those things are, like, wide as hell. I, I don't know. It, it, whatever, it looked so painful. <laughs> it, oh, I even have that in my note that, um, where is it? Yeah, the door falling on Locke's legs is cringeworthy. Yeah, it, it was like, I, oh, I, I hated it as well. I was like, no, please stop. I mean, there are certain things like I have a pretty strong stomach when it comes to things on television. I, like I, I used to watch like the 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 Jackass TV show and mm-hmm. and the movies and stuff like that. I was actually friends with a couple of those guys since they're based in this area. Um, but there are certain things that they did that I can't watch, and they're cringeworthy things. And it's the stupidest shit, like paper cuts. I paper cuts ah! paper cuts make me cringe, and. I have a very strong, like, they've done stuff with, like, vomit and all this other stuff that I was very easy, able to watch. This, it, very few things make me cringe. Like I said, like, paper cuts and things like that. This made me cringe. Mm-hmm. Because you can well, only imagine it. when he was trying to pull it. him out, too, when he's, when Henry is trying to pull Locke out, he's like, no, stop. <laughs> I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> exactly. You're going to pull his damn legs off. Knock it off. Um. Ugh. But I want to I want to start talking about this A story a little bit more, and I want to go to I want to go back to the beginning of it because I think it really is a key point to all of this, and we we see that moment that kind of takes place. It starts right off from where last week's episode, from the last episode ends, and we get that again more brilliant mind games from Henry. When he looks at Locke and he says, why do you let him talk to you like that? And that, again, it's a line you know is purely meant to get in Locke's head. But it looked like Locke knew it this time that Henry was um, manipulating him because he stuck him right back into his cell after that. Oh, see, I took it more as he, it pissed him off to the point where he just didn't want to see the person that reminded him. No, I, I, it was something about like the way that he changed his facial expression. Like he looked at him and like he changes his whole face contorted into something different. And I just got the feeling that, and, and I could be wrong, of course, but uh, my immediate feeling was that Locke knew that he was being manipulated, um, for whatever reason. And I think that a lot of that has to go with the, flashback that we were getting with Locke being manipulated by his father you know what you're thinking about it you could actually be right I think I think that's more the case because then it plays off a little bit differently that Jack is onto this guy that he he believes is fully manipulating him and then he's forced to have to trust him mm-hmm. and I, I think you're right I think if you look at it in that aspect it kind of plays a little better mm-hmm. than just it's something he said to make him mad mm-hmm. so. yeah no, I, I, I think you're right. I think that's absolutely, absolutely probably the case when it comes I to I love that. that sentence. I think you're right. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you do. It's such a fun sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun sentence when you hear it addressed to you. Right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. I thought we were all on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, well, we are now. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to keep going on with this on mine, though. So, like, what's something else from your end well i actually um i a lot of my points have to have to do with this story so one of them is um the lock and henry 
and Cooper parallels. And that is, um, you know, the misplaced trust, uh, the naivete, um, Locke putting his trust into Cooper and into Henry Gale instead of putting his trust into Helen and putting his trust into Jack. Um, I'm not saying that Jack is somebody that he should, that Locke should trust, but I think that they should be using this opportunity to find a way to work together and to find some common ground to get to the bottom of what's going on with this, with this man that's in their hatch. Um, you know, you you could see a lot of the parallels. Locke, Locke decided to trust Henry, and by the end of it, the entire group is in there, and they all have guns pointed at Henry um, with, with what was going on, with the truth being outed there, and Locke being kind of had. Locke is, is so... Locke so badly wants to trust people. He wants to be able to have that um, that sense about people, about who could be trusted and who can't be trusted. And I think that it's like the switch in him is broken or something because you see in his past that he doesn't know how to put his trust and his faith in his relationship with Helen. And he's just so desperate to have that relationship with his father that he torches everything in his life. And I think that Locke is so desperate to be right aside from Jack that he puts his trust in Henry. And we find out that that ends up being a grave mistake as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, you're right. I'd, I'd like that you use the Anthony Cooper parallel with that, too, because that was something that I never even really thought about was comparing that to his trust in his father, to his trust in, in Henry. And so that's that's a good parallel. That's a good observation, because that's something I didn't really think about. Uh, but, you know, on that note of, you know, talking about Anthony Cooper and, and, you know, Locke's father and that relationship with that he had. You know, he had that whole thing where he cheated these guys out of seven hundred thousand dollars. He needs Locke to he needs John to go in and get it for him. And, you know, in return, he's going to give him some of the money. As I'm watching this play out, I'm trying to realize, like, we know that Anthony is a con man. And I'm trying to figure out where, in fact, the con is starting to take place, if there really is a con to this point. And... It wasn't until the second viewing, and I'm wondering what your opinion on this is, too, after I, I talk about this. But I'm wondering, to me, I'm thinking it was almost he was conning John to put his life on the line so that he wasn't. Because we see at the point where after John goes into the safety deposit box, um, that he, he takes the money out, he, he finds the money, he returns home to Helen, and those two henchmen are, are waiting for him. And I'm wondering, it's almost as if Henry or uh, Anthony wanted him to take the heat off of him. Like he was hoping that John would get caught with the money so that he wouldn't. And I'm wondering if that's where the con took place or do you think it took place somewhere else? That's an interesting question. Um, or was this a con at all? Yeah. So I've been thinking about this since watching the episode and I think that there's a lot of, I think that what you're saying is all true. I, and I think that Anthony Cooper was on the straight and narrow with Locke, probably for the first and only time he needed the money. He couldn't go get it. He'll give him $200,000 if he goes and he gets it and he'll be out of his life forever. That's, 
pretty much how that played out. Now, what he didn't say, though, is uh, these guys are going to kill me. I'm hoping that they kill you instead so that I can still live and maybe get my money after they while they like dispose of your body. So he's still like he's still using his son for personal gain. But if it all works out, then it works out for everybody. Um, He wasn't going to pull a fast one at the end. He wasn't going to take all the money in the end he you know we saw that he actually gave him his quote-unquote cut but it ended up ruining the rest of Locke's life and Anthony Cooper didn't really care um you know so you could tell that once he got what he wanted he didn't care how the chips fell onto Locke but he probably felt like he did lock right by giving him his share of the money because when it comes right down to it, Anthony Cooper is all about personal gain and what benefits him the most. Um, you know, we saw that with the kidney situation and now we see that with this money situation, you know, and, and we'll get more of Anthony Cooper as time goes on and, and kind of how horrible of a man he really is. Um, you know, you can say the same for Henry Gale, Henry Gale, um, wants to prove to Locke that he could be trusted and he is more or less on the up and up with Locke. You know, he does, he goes and he presses the button. He, we know at this point, right. We know later that he probably is the one or is the one that, uh, stops the hatch from being on lockdown because we know that Ben Linus knows everything about that area and that hatch. Um, and it isn't until the end that, that while Henry was, on the surface, on on the up and up with Locke, in the end, um, Locke had the football pulled out from him again. You know, uh, it turns out that he wasn't who he said he was, and now he put his trust into somebody who is going to um, whose life or who who ended up being a liar. So Henry Gale and Anthony Cooper, I think, in, in both of these instances in this episode, are essentially doing the same thing to Locke. Okay, that makes a lot I don't of sense. Know. But I don't know. I mean, is that a con or is it just a like a personal is it just like a a personal benefit thing? Is it like a survivor? Uh, and and that's what instinct. I had. Yeah. And that's what I had trouble trying to figure out as I was watching this, because I couldn't figure out if this was a way he was conning John. And this is going back to, to the Anthony thing. I couldn't figure out if this was Anthony trying to con John or if this was in a way Anthony including John in the con. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I mean, he is giving him his cut. He's he's basically a team member at this point, going in to retrieve this money. You know, but there's another point too where Anthony says to John when he's asking him for this favor. You know, he says, you know, I would not be surprised if I never see you again. And I think some people took that as in he wouldn't be surprised if John doesn't help him. I took that as in, and maybe this is me showing like a greedy side of myself. What would prevent John from going in for that seven hundred thousand dollars and not giving it to Anthony? Oh, I thought the same thing. I thought okay. I, I was on the yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I thought that Anthony Cooper was like, "Look, man, I'm risking this. You want to take all the money? That's on you. You want to give me all the money? That's on you. Like you, I'm giving you all the power here." But at the same time, he was also risking Locke's life. He he definitely was risking risking Locke's life, but I mean that's once, a hard that that's a hard couple of words to say. apparently because I couldn't yeah. do it. Uh, but yeah, but he I mean who I don't see what would have prevented because Anthony has made John's life a living hell, like stealing his kidney and and just emotionally destroying him, and 
you know, I don't, to me, there would have been nothing that prevented John from keeping that money. Mm-hmm. You know, especially after he convinced those two guys that he didn't have it when he did, in fact, have it. He was in the clear mm-hmm. at that point. He didn't have to give the money to Anthony, but he did. So Yeah, I, I wonder what would have happened if he would have just given those guys the money and been like, yeah, I did see my dad. He's alive. Here's all the money. Oh, and here's where he is. Goodbye. I don't even know if he would have even had to tell him where he is. Like, he could have just been like, he, he's gone. Here's the money. You know, whatever happens, happens. At this point. It really shows kind of the person that Locke is, though. I mean, Locke is somebody who wants to believe the best in people when it comes right down to it. Even if even people that have wronged him um, and stolen from him, he, he'll still protect people um, to the end. And that that's admirable, but it's also... It's also his uh, a big fault for him only because it torched his relationship. The one good thing that he really had going in his life was Helen, and he risked his relationship and his future with Helen. Oh, he well, he lost his relationship and his future with Helen uh, for his father. But at the same time, why on earth did Helen tell him he died? All she had to do was keep her mouth shut and not tell Locke that Anthony Cooper was dead. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I, I'm wondering how many other people find it weird and that she reads the obits in the morning. Like, I understand the logic that she put behind it is that nobody ever says anything bad about anybody who died. Um, but I, 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 feel, I read I read the obituary. Do you really? I do. Okay. <laughs> I do. Because I look because I don't do it. And I, I've never until now, I've never met anybody that does it. So, uh you know, I just I found it kind of I, I I don't know, for some reason I thought of that as maybe like a little writing cop out and like that's how they wanted to make it known that she discovered that Anthony had died. I don't know. I remember I really because I don't get a newspaper anymore, but I remember when I did get a newspaper, I really liked reading the obituaries just because it was like somebody is reading your final story. Somebody is reading the end of your existence on on this earth and i just think that it was worth my time i only ever did it to update the phone book Mm-mm. like in friends like in friends <laughs> that's how I'm, i was Phoebe's hoping you, grandmother i was hoping you would catch that reference Phoebe's grandmother updating the phone book <laughs> i'm just updating the phone book <laughs> and like, gone gone dead that's <laughs> <laughs> really funny um yeah, I, I found it weird, but um, hey, man, I you know, now I know that people actually do that. And you're right. I mean, there is a reason why they publish those. So it makes sense that people would actually read them uh, and, and that way. Uh, it, when Anthony's funeral happened, I'm wondering, because it, it's always asking a lot to go back and try and remember stuff from the very first time we ever watched these episodes. Um, did you believe Anthony to really be dead? No. Okay. Me neither. And I'm Although, just... can we talk about who the random guy was standing them that standing next to them that looked like you know TV's version of Mike Pence? <laughs> no, but let's talk about that. Who was that? Guy? I don't know. The random guy at funeral. I mean, it was just really strange that there. And he did, he wasn't looking at the coffin. He wasn't looking at anybody. He was just standing there vacantly. You read. I'm... You read his IMDb credit. I... <laughs> random man at funeral. Random man at funeral. Mike Pence look like 
He looks like a really tan Mike Pence. I didn't even pick up on that, but now I'm going to go back and rewatch it again just to see that scene. Well, it's going to bother you now. And that's why I'm <laughs> going to have to go back and rewatch it. Um, yeah, I mean, so uh, there's a couple other notes on, you know, Locke's flashback while we're still on it. Sure. Um, you know, I found it interesting that we do get another tie-in to another character, and that character is Saeed. Uh, because the woman that Locke is when he's uh, in uh, inspecting the home, uh, that's Nadia. That is not. It was bothering me. I'm like, I know her, and she's important, and I can't. I cannot place it. I'm so glad that you said that. <laughs> yep, that was Nadia. So it is a way to connect these characters once again. Uh, I this love time, that. this time, John to Saeed. So. Um, well, oh, the other two notes that I had. Um, and then we'll go back to the, the A story in the hatch. Um, two other quick things. Uh, the oceanic planes flying over Jack or flying over mm-hmm. uh, John when he's at the hotel. I thought it was a lot of fun, you know, just getting oceanic in there a little bit more. And did you happen to notice the number on the safety deposit box? 1516. 1516. Uh, this comes into play because there are two other number references in this episode kind of mm, there's at no there's two are you talking about the poker the poker game no nope not okay. even talking about the poker game all right there are two other references uh in this re- i what can jump it? right into them now if you want me to do it now yeah uh when saeed presents henry with henry gale's actual id mm. henry's address 815 walnut road or walnut ridge and the other one, and this is the, the the cool little tidbit that I was waiting to, that I just found really cool. And I don't know if it's a total coincidence, which there are none when it comes to this show. Uh, this episode of Lost, you know, titled Lockdown, where the whole hatch, it's centered around the hatch, and the hatch goes on lockdown. This is the 42nd episode of this of the series. Hmm. We have reached the end of the number sequence, and all of this shit happens in the hatch. I don't know if it's saved or if it's purely coincidence, but I found it very interesting that this was indeed the 42nd episode of the hatch. It's almost as if the numbers had run their course at least the first time, so they did something special with it, and they centered it around the hatch. So are you saying that the 84, fourth episode might have something special we're gonna have to find out we're gonna have and to wait if and see. we were to go back and look at each episode of what the numbers are would that be significant uh four eight fifteen sixteen twenty three forty two if I we looked at all of those episodes well let's see episode four if you count the pilot as one episode if you count both parts of the pilot as one episode uh episode four was white rabbit which is when Jack begins to see his dad. Uh, episode eight is Solitary, which was the Saeed episode. Uh, so let's see, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, or I can just go to episode 16. Uh, episode 15 is Outlaws. Sawyer. Sawyer. Uh, in Translation, which was the following episode, which is when the raft burns down. Um, Lost so that- in Translation, is that... Uh, Jin that's, and Son. that's Jin and Son. Uh, and ep- actually, episode and, uh, f- uh, 15, 16, 23. Episode 23 is the finale. 
is Exodus Part 1. Which is... Whose flashback? Um, I don't... Was there even a flashback in the in the finale? I don't, I don't think know. there was. I think we discovered that there was no actual flashbacks in the in Exodus. Oh, wait, I have... That's oh, no, that's ex, it's Exodus Part 2. Sorry, Episode 23 is Exodus Part 2. And that's Charlie... Arnst flashback. Jen. Okay, so there's multiple. Yeah. So maybe there is nothing to it. I don't know, but there's... Yeah, probably not. But I just found it a coincidence that, you know, the hatch goes on lockdown when it hits 42. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I'd be I, interested to know how far into the episode. What, time-wise? Yeah. You mean? Oh, so if there's an actual number to that as well? Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. Uh, anything else as far as like flashbacks or anything like that that you wanted to talk about before we moved on? No, actually, my next point was about Saeed and Henry. Okay. So, but you could go ahead. No, I, I, it's your turn. I, I don't have anything else when it comes to, we're just, we're just going back and forth. It doesn't really matter. So, I mean, you, if, if you want to go on with that, feel free. Yeah. I mean, I just like it, the truth about Henry and Saeed being right. I mean, it kind of all goes together, man, Saeed. If he, he's like a bloodhound, man. He knows a liar and he will dig up a grave just to prove that he's right. <laughs> I mean, that's dedication, man. Um, what a great reveal that was at the end, honestly. Uh, probably my favorite, my favorite part of the entire episode was, was those last, that, that last 90 seconds. Um, you know, because like, like we said earlier, they walk in, they're all guns blazing. And you're just and everybody's confused. Um, in, including the viewer, which is great because the viewer always seems to have a leg up on on what's going on. And so it's fun to be completely caught off guard. Um yeah. and, and not know what's happening because you're like, wait a minute, I just saw this bullshit in the beginning and now now we have something else going on. So um it, that part was really fun. And then when he when he said he dug up the grave, I was expecting him to say there was nothing there. But he said there was a man there. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about this. And then he pulled out <laughs> he pulled out the license and you see who Henry Gale is. And that was just that was awesome. So it made me want to watch the next episode immediately. Which is really fun when that happens. Yes, yeah, and I agree with you. The last, I'll even go as far as to say, you said the last 90, min, 90 seconds of this episode yeah. were great. Um, I, to me, I, the last five minutes of this episode are fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, because it, you not only get that great moment with Saeed and then returning back from the hatch, um, or returning back from the balloon to the hatch, you know, to confront Henry and realizing henry is not henry at all uh it would you know in essence rest in peace henry gale welcome to the world ben linus because that's happening yeah that that is happening very very soon uh because this is in essence this in this is in essence the end of henry gale uh because they know he's not henry gale but on top of that uh you know that the whole indigo light, black light in there, and we see the map on the back of the door. That, to me, was the moment that the, that ep this episode just totally took a turn. 
and for the interesting because we're now seeing there's so much more to this island than we ever imagined. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is that we don't see that map again. No, we don't. Which is crazy. Which is why I remember when this episode first aired, just screenshots of that map popping up all over the place. And, you know, that was one of the things I really loved about this show is you never saw that before in any other kind of television series. You know, this is before social media was as big as it was. So, you know, there weren't a lot of spoilers online like there are now, but you you had to go onto blogs and see people who took like literal like digital pictures of with their camera of their screen, you know, or, you know, print screens of their of their screen to see these images because there were so many hidden things and things to analyze that this was unheard of when it mm -hmm. came to television before. You know, and I remember pausing my screen to analyze that map. And I did it again. I did it again this week as we're talking about it. I screenshotted that map. And even I discovered new things this time that I've never discovered before. I told, That's awesome. I told you about it before we started recording. The, there's mm -hmm. one thing on that map that has been confirmed by the Lost Wiki that I never knew until now. And that is the fact that the Black Smoke Monster has a name. And that name is Cerberus, which is the, and what does that mean? That is the Greek word given. That is the Greek name given to Hades's guard of hell, three-headed <laughs> guard of hell. So the fact that the the black smoke monster this whole time is called they well that might not be the actual name, but that is what they called it. They called mm -hmm. it Cerberus. And that and and when you think about everything that happens in the future of this series, especially later on when it comes to it, it's fitting. Because it's a guard of the island. Mm -hmm. It is the island guard. Mm -hmm. That also means that the island is hell, but... Which is... Is, is also fitting. Yeah. <laughs> it's also very fitting. But yeah, that map on the door, man. I just remember, like... Just remember the first time watching it, like, what is happening? <laughs> Holy shit. Like, because there's a lot. I still have that image pulled up right now, actually. Um... I mean, we're, we see the swan, which it says, I am here. So, I mean, it's very obvious that it's either Desmond who drew this or um, what the hell is his name? Uh, the one that was there before him. So it's it it was uh, it was uh, Rosinski and Kelvin. Um, OK, because I, I actually looked up the history of that map on the wiki and I read up about um, how it was made and who did it and when they did it and. Um, after, so I can read that if you'd like yeah, a little sure. bit of that. Okay. So let me pull it up real quick. Okay. So on the, on the Lostopedia fandom app, uh, it's a fan, the, the, the app has a lot more information than if you go to your, your computer, uh, the computer going to fandom.com is just ridiculous as far as the, um, the stuff goes so anyways uh the blast door map says stuart Rud rudinsky a dharma initiative member and architect of this one station originally created the map he and his partner kelvin inman regularly forced a lockdown to engage the blast doors in order to continue their work on the map the map's creators were forced to work blindly as the map could only be seen under conditions when the swan was illuminated with blacklight following rudinsky's suicide 
Kelvin continued working on the map, albeit at a much slower pace. Kelvin described Radinsky as having a photographic memory, allowing him to remember exactly where he left off. It is unknown if Desmond ever contributed to the map. Dharma laundry detergent was at least one of the substances used as paint on the map. Likely other mixtures were used to create the different colors. Locke saw the blast door map for the first and only time in lockdown while trapped under the blast door during the lockdown incident. Black lights switched on, revealing the map. So mm. there, there's a lot more to this. If you just go to hidden map, you can search it in the lost section of the fandom app. Um, there is a lot of it. There's pictures, there's um, articles, there's everything about the stations and part of it is in English. Part of it's in Latin. The, the coolest part is that the, the stuff that's written in English is all factual where the stations are, how to get there, blah, blah, blah. And then the stuff that's in Latin is all theories and questions that they have so that they, that so that the writers or the people that made the map were able to differentiate between what was fact and what was theory. So I thought that that was really um, brilliantly done, especially for just a quick flash of a map. Uh, they really thought it out, and they maybe they they knew that people were going to zoom in on it and screenshot it and break it down. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Maybe it was all a part of the the greater design of the of the series was to have this map be all thought out. Maybe it was a writer's room thing. I don't know, but um, I, I, I like the concept of it, and I think that. I think that that was a really, really great reveal in the episode. There were a lot of great reveals in this episode. Jack's good at cards, a hidden map. Uh, Jack's good at cards. Henry Gale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, again, it's one of the reasons why I'm just loving going back and rewatching the show because it's just, I'm still discovering new things that I'd never mm -hmm. discovered before. And I'm looking at the map now, and it's just, yeah, there's so much. There's like there's a list of fatalities, uh, mm -hmm. you know, there's just, oh, God, it's so cool. I'm still intrigued by this show. Just, yeah, me too. I think that it's really fun. Yeah, it's just fun. I mean, you're seeing that you, if you look at this map, which I'll post a picture online, too, on the Facebook page. But, um, you know, like you see all the different hatches, like the flame, the swan, the staff, the arrow and a couple other hatches that aren't even given names. I think that it was all by memory because that that's kind of the weird part because one of them that one of the stations that doesn't have a name or they called it the alleged something or other. I, I forget which one it was. Uh, Radinsky actually worked at that one at that station. So that I don't know if that was a continuity error or if that was just like classified. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's just fun watching you know, and, and rediscovering that and, and, and things like, and, you know, things just similar to that. And, you know, as we're going to learn, and Kelvin was the name I was thinking of that I couldn't remember. And you, you read it in that description, uh, in that passage. But yeah, it's, it's fun even realizing too, that what we know of this island, even from this map, uh, there's so much more that's even on this map. That right. we're going to discover because, spoiler alert, there's a second island, which we haven't even talked about yet, which we're not even going to get to, to I think, till next season. Mm. So, you know, as of right now, as viewers, whether it's your first time or, you know, revisiting like us, uh, we're still only like 
even with the inclusion of everything in that map, we are still only a portion of what is to be discovered. That's so cool. Yeah, I love it. That's very cool. Yeah, we're starting to get into the cool parts of the island. And um, I don't know, season two is so great. And it's a great setup to the rest of the series. But it's also just really, you know, a great season on its own. Well, not only that, but, you know, you look at if you look at the map in the center of everything, there's a big question mark. Uh, and that is the title of an episode coming up in like three or four episodes. That's right. You're right. And we're going to discover exactly what that question mark is before this season's over, which is going <laughs> to be. And that is an episode that I, I do not like. <laughs> because oh. That is the Nikki and Paolo episode. That is okay. All right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the Nikki and Paolo episode. I want to say that it is. Hold on. I'm looking at the cast. Um, I'm look. Maybe it's not. Okay, maybe it's not. I I don't see them listed in the cast, so I could be wrong. They're already dead. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I never liked Nikki and Paolo at all. It's funny. Um. Yeah. Well, we've now talked about everything else on my list <laughs> with the map and Said and and the truth about Henry Gale. So I'm done. So if you have anything else, I, I uh, have, go for it. I have two other things. Um. Yeah. One of them is, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, you you said that you mentioned that you kind of feel like Henry knew how to bring the blast doors up. Um, I looked at that a little differently. I looked, okay. at, I looked at, that, at that as in that was a timed process that the blast doors went down so that they could deliver the food package. And then when the package was delivered, the blast doors went back up. Um, it could be that Ben knew or that Henry knew how to raise them up. I looked at it as if it was just timed to be that way. Uh, but, you know, focusing on that food drop for a minute, did no one notice a plane overhead to drop this food? Um, I guess not. I think, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting question. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> because I would I would think that the blast doors go down to keep them in the hatch at a time when the button needs to be pressed so that they know for a fact that they're in the hatch at that time. They close the blast doors, they drop the food drop so that they can't see the plane, and then they re you know they release the doors because they're technically not supposed to be out there anyway. So you know, if, if we put them in this current situation now where there are survivors all oh out, my out on gosh, the island. You're Totally right. That did all coincide together. It did. Everything coincides together. You know, the 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 hatch went down at the time that the button was meant to be pushed. So they were supposed mm -hmm. to be in the hatch at that time. So what better time than to lock them down? Um, the only thing is the button to be pushed is outside of the blast doors. So that doesn't make any sense. That's what I mean. Like, it's I don't get the whole timing process of it. Or why the blast doors would be there and not maybe further outside of the exit. You know, that's the only thing that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but we know that they were timed because the food drop came. But that brings up, again, two interesting questions. One, how did nobody notice a plane overhead <laughs> dropping this, especially with a bright blinking light on it? Nobody happened to see that falling from the sky. And two, the Dharma Initiative still exists. It would have right. to. Right. But that's never talked about again. 
Do you notice that the na- the map was also very similar to the Dharma logo? Oh, in the design of where like the hatches and everything are. It just looks like the Dharma logo. It's it's like the octagon, yeah. Yeah. The design, yeah. So I, I, again, everything's by design on this show. I have no right. doubt about that. Yeah. I but, agree. But in order for them to keep dropping food, one, they have to was know... Was food dropped or was it placed there? How would it be placed there? Would it be placed there with the intention of it looking like it was dropped? Oh, I never thought of that. I never once thought that that could have been them placing it there. But what would be the point of that? Like, why would you feed these people? Well, the whole Swan Station is is a psychological experiment. I mean, it's it it's part real, but it's also a psychological experiment. But experiment. It was, but it was a how si- long? But it was a psychological experiment done by the Dharma Initiative, which at this point on the island doesn't exist anymore. Well, it hasn't existed still a for whole years. Group of people though that are on the island. But they're not Dharma. Are they? No, because they kill off the Dharma Initiative. Well, they could be acting like the Dharma Initiative. Yeah, see, that's one of those things I don't think ever gets explained. I figured or Charles it... Whitmore continues to uh, just drop stuff for, from the sky. I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know. Like, this is the one part of the episode I am confused about. Is how did that, I would love how did an answer from a listener. Hey, if any listeners have... have yeah, have answers that we're not thinking of, please, you know, let us know. Send us a message on Facebook or email us and uh, and let us know how to what it is. And and I need I need stuff to read. So t- tell me where to go. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if there's anything on the fan page about that. I'm looking now. Um, let's see. There's yeah, we get the Dharma. The oceanic plains overhead. Uh, hieroglyphic. Oh, here we go. Beacon on a large pallet. Uh, the periodic resupply drop is a name given to Dharma Initiative procedure in which new provisions and other supplies are parachuted onto the island from the Dharma Logistics Warehouse in Guam. The drop appears to take place at regular intervals out of of about six to eight months, and the drop orders are automatic are automated messages from the lamp post. Uh, let's see. In season two, during a lockdown incident at the Swan, a large pallet of Dharma food and supplies was found quite close to the entrance of the station by Kate and Jack. None of the survivors recalled hearing a plane fly overhead, although the large pallet and its cargo were attached to a parachute and had a flashing beacon. Charlie speculated that the station may have been deliberately locked down to keep the occupants from seeing who made the drop. Okay, which is what we just talked about before. Uh, supply drop contained a large amount of Dharma Initiative food, including boxes of macaroni and cheese, peanut butter, risotto, ranch dressing, canned goods, and other sort of food. Because, you know, when you're in the hatch, you want to make risotto. <laughs> hey, I like a good risotto. I do, too, but I'm not making it for, like, I just, that's just so funny. Risotto. Uh, let's Eat see. some rice. Uh, just, I do love risotto. I, I might too. make some this weekend. Uh, let's see. So, several years later, Benjamin Linus visited the Dharma Logistics Warehouse in Guam, where the drops were being launched from. He informed the two men working there that the initiative disbanded 20 years previously, answered a few of their questions about why they were sending pallets, and relieved them of their duties. So uh, they are, in fact, 
there are two men that were actually still sending these drops. That happens in episode New Man in Charge, which is season six. Mm. Uh, which is after Ben has already gotten off the island. Yeah, so uh, he there is, in fact, two people at the Guam warehouse that are still sending these pallets, even though the Dharma Initiative has disbanded. They're like, we must continue. Well, n- who's going to tell them? Otherwise, right. you know, oh, you're right. You are right. So, yeah, so we've we've just figured it out. This is an actual pallet that was dropped. And there are two guys from the former Dharma Initiative still believing they're part of the Dharma Initiative continuing to send these drops. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Hmm. I did not remember that that episode, but I'm looking forward to when when we get to it. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, the only other note that I have actually goes back to something we talked about in an earlier episode. I think it was the episode where uh, Shannon was killed. We kind of noticed a focus on this. Uh, and it's that every time there's about to be a dramatic emphasis on something, uh, the rain gets heavier in the episode. That's true. And it happens again when Saeed, Charlie, and Anna find the balloon. Yes. The rain is very heavy when they find the balloon. It's actually how they discover the balloon because they're underneath of it and they discover it's not raining where they are. I'm like, why is it dry? <laughs> yeah. So I just found it interesting that they they play with that that symbolism even more this episode, even for a short period of time that you know, the rain is becomes very heavy when they're discovering that balloon. So crazy. I love it that 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 comes up again i didn't even put that together i'm so glad that you did yep i i just i i love that aspect and that's because now that i now that we've talked about that that's something i pay attention to and i'm i'm going to continue to pay attention to it because it's it's fun to discover it mm-hmm. so absolutely but yeah that's all my notes on the episode as well that's all i got so no gin and sun boo no gin and sun any other characters we didn't see this week Rose and Bernard, but they're not regular. That's true. Yeah, just Jin and Son. Yeah, because we, yeah, we even got Libby this yeah. week, too. Libby and Hurley. Jin and Son are off being pregnant and excited. Oh, no Echo. Oh, that's true. Yep. But we're about to get a lot of Echo, so I'm excited. Uh, and next week, we get a lot of Hurley. Yep. Hurley and Libby uh, in uh, episode 18, Dave, which is a very interesting episode, to say the least. I'm excited. I'm excited. We're getting into some really good episodes. Oh, we're we're getting to the end. You know, yeah. we're we're getting to the. We have one, two, three, four, five, six episodes left of this season. Well, what's very cool too is that we have been a podcast now for a year. Yes, we have. We just celebrated that, so that's exciting. Yeah, we yeah. Well, I think it was a couple days ago was our first yeah. podcast. I think we were actually in town together. We celebrated with Beat Saber and Leo Steaks. That's it. Yes, we did. And and, and <laughs> cheese fries. Leo's has cheese fries. Yeah, I actually blew uh, my neighbor's minds with that because they knew Leo's. They're from the Philadelphia area. They knew Leo's really well. And I told them that there's a window in the store now and they have fries. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a rather sad, unfortunate series of events as to why they have fries and a new window. Uh, as we discovered, a local police car drove through the store one night in October. Hey man, when you want a cheesesteak, <laughs> you want a cheesesteak. All right. 
but yes, to anybody who's ever uh, never been to the Philadelphia area but plans to go there, uh, check out. Not a sponsor, by the way. Uh, Leo's cheesesteaks in um, in Fullcroft because they are amazing. As you and your husband found the out this past best. week. Yep. The best. And I've since had cheese fries from them again since you've been here. Oh, cool. Because <laughs> their, cool. their cheese fries are actually really good. Really good. Yeah. I was really excited. Yeah. Because you get fries and then you get like a big thing of cheese. It's not on the fries. And that to me is is better. You're right. It's a big thing of cheese that they give you. Yeah. They so. don't skimp. And Woo. they and they do the five guys treatment with their fries too. Yes, they do. Which they put the cup of fries in the bag and then they throw a couple extra in there. We have completely gone off the rails now. <laughs> we talked. We I'm talked about so the episode. Hungry. I'm I know. So hungry right I am now. too. Um, but yeah, but we have feedback to get to, uh, as cool. we usually do. Uh, our friends Steve and Des, our regular feedback givers, uh, are at it again this week. Uh, Steve left us a voicemail this time. Des uh, sent us an email uh, purely because we've been having a couple issues with his. Uh, uh, his uh, his audio recordings, but that's fine. He still left us feedback, which is good. Uh, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with Dez's email, or do you want to start with Steve's? Let's do the voicemail? email first. Alrighty. Uh, so as we mentioned, this is a feedback from our buddy Dez Combs, and he says, "Hey guys, uh, I've got a few things to say about this episode, but first, sigh. It's funny that you couldn't hear in print in quotations my voicemail, Ben, since I de- <laughs> since I disagreed with you on almost everything." Jack Jack is not perfect. I never said he was. But John Locke, fuck him and fuck his precious hatch. (laughs) (laughs) My hatch in quotations, whatever. Did he build it? No. Did he buy it? No. He found it. And he couldn't even get into it without Jack's help. Although there was a door like 15 feet away. I guess they just didn't feel like looking. And the shower, I'm sorry, if I had a friend visiting, I would never go in the bathroom while he's showering. What the hell, man? Boundaries. And Charlie, you thought he was being charming? Wow, he's really going off. Really? I thought he was acting like a pissy little brat the whole trip. Saeed forgave Ana Lucia, but Charlie kept giving her attitude. I will say, though, good catch, Ben. I didn't even think about Saeed and Anna dropping the ball on the gun and Henry maybe setting them up. Okay, I've got that out of my system. Uh, and now he goes into lockdown. And it's funny, too, because uh, our buddy Steve Brown, who you met for the first time uh, last week, was somebody who actually said the same thing that he just he it never crossed his mind once about um, Saeed not, and Anna not catching on to the whole Charlie thing. Uh, but he goes on about lockdown. Uh, fuck John Locke. Is he ever able to tell Helen the truth about anything? And the first warning that your dad may have faked his death. The funeral consists of you, your girlfriend. You can't tell the truth to the clergy, the funeral director, and two goons watching you in the distance. Funeral uh, director. Thank you, Des. Yep, that's who it is. That's who Mike Pence is. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, Jack, quit fucking lying to Kate. Come on, don't be locked. When is he lying to Kate? I don't, I don't know. Oh, well, just about the, the water leak. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's okay. I uh, agree. Like, they, sh- they, the fact that they were hiding Henry Gale in there, I just, yeah, I, I agree. I, I find it interesting that we actually gave Jack a lot of praise this week, and he's the one telling him to stop lying. Like, the sky is. You can't win. Yeah. Hey, 
We the, can't win. The sky is blue. No, it's not. You it's know. orange. Exactly. Oh, you're right. It is orange. No, it's blue. I think that we are jock, jock, Jack and Locke yes. when it comes to Des. We like Jack. No, we hate Jack. Well, we, we hate Jack, too. No, we like Jack. <laughs> uh, but he, he wraps it up with question. Was Ben being sloppy with the buried body, or did he want them to find out? His brain just doesn't work like the rest of us. Emerson's work just gets better and better with each episode. Totally agree. Agreed. Uh, that's about all I've got. Oh, by the way, I did download Dharma Lady the day it was released all those years ago. And I also got you all, everybody, but that was free in TV Guide. <laughs> you all, everybody. Uh, talk to you later, Des. Uh, okay, so I think that not in a million years Ben Linus thought that that anybody would dig up the grave. I kind of agree with you on that. I think... I think he thought he had all his bases covered. Um, but I mean, but then again, like, I don't know because he is that clever. You know, it, it could have been an empty grave for all we knew. But maybe he just saw the grave, made up a story, and never bothered to see himself what was actually in the grave. So I, I tend to lean more with you and think that he never, he never once thought they would dig it up. Yeah. Because I think by the end of that episode, up until the moment when Saeed and those guys burst in, he, Ben thought he was winning and he earned their trust. And he, I think he earned Locke's trust and that he figured that was all he needed to get himself into the group. Yeah, I think he had thought that that was a successful infiltration until, until Saeed showed up with that driver's license. Because if Ben had any inclination that they were going to dig up that grave, he had an opportunity to get out. Yeah, he did. You're right. You're totally right. He had an opportunity to get out of that hatch and get away, knowing full well what they, what they have done to his people in the past, especially Anna Lucia, who has killed members of the others without even thinking. Right. And that was the one he gave the map to. If he had any inclination that Anna was going to come back with that knowledge, he would have gotten the hell out of there. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, I don't think I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew about it at all. Uh, but cool. Thanks, Des, uh, for that vent session and for, for the email. I love Des. I love, love, love Des. Even when he's disagreeing, I don't care. I love Des. I agree. I'm I'm so happy when he leaves his voicemail. So or when he leaves his emails and voicemail. So uh, yeah, keep them coming. Uh, next up, we have the voicemail from our buddy Steve. So uh, let's go ahead and play that now. Hello, Kristen and Ben. This is Steve, and uh, a few notes for lockdown. Uh, this is my favorite episode of, of the series. I probably I haven't watched it. There may be some later episodes that are that are just as good, but this this uh, in my memory, this is the, my favorite. Just a few quick notes. I love uh, that Jack tells Locke to put Henry back in the armory, and I just kind of wanted Locke to go, you took him out, you put him back. Um, I love the fact, and maybe love is the wrong word, but you notice uh, Henry, and of course we're going to learn later what his actual name is, but uh, he makes these no matter what deals, because he knows that if he gets found out, he's still going to be protected, because remember Jack uh, points that out to Locke, that <clears throat> that the map that Anna Lucia said no matter what they find, she would protect him. And then now he does the same thing with Locke. He's like, well, you better protect me no matter what. So I thought that was interesting. I uh, love the cave line. Should I go get a ruler? 
and, uh, and early uh, loop, dude. Um, do you, I was going to ask that question, but I think he did. But isn't there a later where he says, no, he didn't push the button? I don't remember. Um, but I mean, we know what happens when the button doesn't get pushed. So um, absolutely love the ending, the reveal there. I'm glad they didn't make us wait until the next episode to find that out. Because obviously, um, he, ben, ben Linus, did not think that anybody would be willing to dig up a grave. Um, you know, I'm thinking he must have buried the body of the real Henry Gale and then made up the story in order to, uh, you know, for his, for his ruse. Uh, talk to you later. Yeah, I, I'm glad that we all, we all see that. We all know that, you know, that was, that was just not even for, like, nobody thought that uh, they would have dug up the grave. Like, I wouldn't have. I would have been like, okay, there's a grave. You were right. Good job. Yeah, I'm not I, digging up. A, I'm not digging up a grave. I would have taken him for his alibi being true at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have dug up the grave either. I am not Savage Saeed. But I mean, uh, you know what? I think Steve makes a good point too, and that I think there is a moment where I think he does kind of he changes his tactics a little bit. Uh, ben, that uh, that being Ben, uh, and I think he does play mind games with Locke a little bit, telling him he didn't push the button. I, I don't remember. I think that is the case. I think that's. I think that is something that happens. Well, then, if that's the case, then the drop did happen when they were locked down, and the button is just taken care of during that time. Maybe, or it could just be Ben was lying. Yeah. See, don't know. You know, it's 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 the deceptiveness of Ben Linus, which is one of the reasons why, like, he's such a. Again, I've made I've made mention of this before. He is my favorite character from this series. John mm-hmm. is a very close second. John Locke is a very close second. And they actually are two characters that go very hand in hand with each other, uh, you know, throughout the course of this series. But Ben's character is so just nefarious and manipulative and but at the same time complicated and intriguing. Mm-hmm. that I, I never get a good grasp on his character. And every time you think you have a grasp on his character, he does something different. I think in the last episode, we have, we, he, it turns out oh, I, that we know. I love his moment in the finale. Yeah, I he, absolutely love his moment in the series finale. I liked the finale. <laughs> I did too. I mean, and you know, like, the fact that, you know, and this is, again, uh, we're jumping way ahead, but just, like, that moment where he's, like, no, I think I'm just going to sit here for a while. And I'm being as vague as possible with it. You know, he's, like, I, I think I'm just going to sit here. Like, when you see that scene and you put everything behind it leading up to it, that scene makes so much sense for his character. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's it's a big reveal of his character that he knows exactly who he is and what he has done. And right. that's, it's one of the reasons why I love that moment with his character in the finale. Yeah. I can't, I, yeah, that'll be fun to talk about So when we get there. But he totally. is like, he's one of those, he's one of those characters that's so complex and complicated that there are moments like now where you kind of root for him because again, this episode we, we were meant to believe that he's trustworthy. He really is this, this Henry Gale. 
And then there are moments that by the end of this season, you hate him, like you despise him. And then there are moments later on where you love him. There are moments you feel sorry for him. Like it's, oh God, I, he's the, he is my favorite character from this series. Like there's no question about it. I'm this so. This was a very good um, little slice of Michael Emerson as well. This entire episode, he, he was very compelling. Yeah. I haven't heard, I haven't heard back from his rep in a while. I got to get re in touch with, uh, in touch with his rep to get him on. Cause I would love to talk to him. Yeah, that would be fun. I would love for us both to talk to him about the series and just, Oh God, it'd be so good. Anyway. Uh, thanks Steve for the voicemail feedback. Uh, but we encourage you guys to leave us feedback as well. And there are multiple ways that you can do that. Uh, I closed what they are so uh give me like two seconds to bring them back up i'll I'll just say it we are on facebook at facebook.com forward slash lost revisited we're also on instagram at ross lost revisited pod you can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com and if you want to leave us a message you can record yourself and you can send it on to our email address uh thank you for covering my ass on that one yep i appreciate it yeah, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we definitely encourage you guys to leave us feedback for, you know, our next episode and all future episodes. And anything that we may ask you for, like, uh, I forget. I think we, we talked about the the drop, but we kind of covered that this week uh, as well. But even if you, if you agree with something or disagree with something we've talked about in a previous episode, feel free to leave us feedback for that as well. And we'll always talk about that. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Uh, but more importantly, more than anything else, on top of this podcast, we encourage you to check out all of the other great podcasts on both the Podcastica and Next Level Podcast Network. Uh, I know you guys, you and Jason just wrapped up uh, House Podcastica. We are talking about the, uh, the series finale. Yeah, we wrapped up Game of Thrones. And in a couple of weeks, I will be taking House Podcastica over to Gilead. And we will be covering season three of The Handmaid's Tale. Which I... Maybe that's a show I'm going to need to get into at some point. I'll just tell you right now, don't binge it. Don't, <laughs> don't. It's not good for anyone's heart to yeah, binge that I, show. I, I heard that. I've heard that before. So I would I, I recommend watching one episode to two episodes of something funny and light. In between. That's the ratio. Yes. Okay. That uh, that makes a lot of sense. That's how I watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, was in between of episodes of in Handmaid's Tale? In between episodes of Handmaid's Tale, yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I know uh, on DC Primetime, as I mentioned, you know, at the at the top, we were we covered all the finales of all of those shows. Uh, we're about to head into our summer episodes, which means we're going to be talking about uh, some of the DC Universe shows like Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing. And I know this summer we're doing something we've never done before, and that is we're having our primer awards, which we're going to be talking about, like, uh, giving awards to, like, favorite new characters from the shows and things like that. So we're really excited about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. That'll be fun. Good. So, but other than that, I think that about wraps it up for this week, unless you have anything else to add. No, sir. No, sir. Uh, So... With that being said, then, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for being a part of this family. Thank you for taking uh, this stroll down the road with us uh, once again, going back to the island. But until next time, we'll see you further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye-bye.
We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! 